0: Who likes pineapple on pizza? Come on now. All right, yeah, 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 right? Like, but there's some people that don't. Vehemently opposed to pineapple on pizza. And uh, so that's really what the title's all about. The title's about being trapped in our opinion. In my opinion. Go ahead and say it. In my opinion. In my opinion... And sometimes we get trapped in the box of my opinion, like my opinion matters. I think we, I kind of said that before I, uh, we went away from John um, for the summer. I was like, why, why does what I think matter so much to me? And why do I think it should matter so much to everybody else? And uh, that phrase has just been kind of like rolling around in my head. And I think coming back to this series and what I studied this summer, in my opinion, Let's not get trapped in one of those boxes right there, okay? Whatever you would fill in there. Let's just not get trapped in one of those bubbles. So let's break free from judgment. We're going to see it today from John chapter 7, 1 through 24. Um, Say you got to go fast. I mean like we got to go really fast. I got 23 minutes. Okay, so um, I'm going to roll fast. I'm sorry it's going to be really like a fire hose, but I got to say this before I get started. We need this. We really 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 need this. And we're going to spend 5 weeks, but this passage I only get to preach once and we need this. We need to repent. I think every one of us has this problem that I'm going to talk about today of how do I judge correctly? I want to learn from Jesus how to judge the situation correctly. How do I judge with right judgment? Cuz we're all judging. Judging what people are wearing, judging what people are saying, judging if their breath smells or not, judging if, you know, you're judging. Everybody's judging all the time. So how do we judge correctly? How do we do that with right judgment? So we're going to get it after that today. Uh, Let me pray for our time. Father God, uh, we want to judge correctly and we understand from your word and this passage a little bit better how to do that. So would you seal it on our heart today? Would you cut us to the heart with what we think? Would you insert what you have said? Not what you think, but what you know to be true. And would you make it become reality in our life? Would we return to you and live for you in this area of judgment? Help us to break free from our own sin and help us to focus on what you've modeled for us so well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In my opinion, breaking free from judgment. So, um, that's going to fit into our year theme called "Follow Me." My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. More on that next week, because um, I got a roll. But uh, here's the name of the uh, the title of the message: How to Judge Correctly. And it comes from that verse right there at the end. Do you see that verse 24? Do not judge by appearances. You might want to circle that, underline that in your Bible. I have the verse underlined, but maybe circle appearances either on your sheet or in your Bible. Don't judge by appearances. No, not that, okay? Not appearance, but judge with right judgment. Judge with right judgment. So let's just go after the negative first, but before you do that, like, let's give me just a a second to give you a little context. Look at the first verse. What are the first two words of the first verse of chapter 7? What is that? I want to make sure you looked at it. Everybody? After this. After this. this. So there's some time period that's being said, okay? So after this. So here's what you need to know. When we were in John chapter 5, that was April. That was the Passover when Jesus was in Jerusalem. And between April and now this is October, the Feast of the Booths, That's six months. There's six months that's being covered in chapter six, and we're really only getting a couple stories. We're getting the the feeding of the 5,000. We're getting the walking on the water right there. That's very little information for six months' time. You have to go to the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, or Matthew, Mark, Luke, to, to see the Galilean ministry of Jesus, okay? So go spend some time on that this week. Um, but for our uh, sake, it's six months. Chapter 6 is six months. Picks up here in October. He says he's been in Galilee, but he gives you a reason. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. So look back at John chapter 5, verse 18. Just look back quick. John chapter 5, verse 18. It started here after he did this miracle on the Sabbath. Let me read it for you. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more, so they were already seeking, so just all the more, to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. So the Jews were like, ready to kill him, wanted to kill him, seeking every opportunity to kill him. That's the context and then this last piece of context, the Feast of Booths. This is really important. I'll talk about this maybe more in the next couple weeks, but uh, Leviticus 23 and Deuteronomy 16 talk about this. And uh, they would. Uh, it was a seven-day feast with the Sabbath on each end. And uh, they, would, they would leave their house. Now I want you to get to this. This is like our Thanksgiving, right? It's their fall. It's their harvest is done. They're thanking God but it's not just they're thanking God for the crops that year. They're thanking God for bringing them through the wilderness. And so they're going to remember the wilderness. Here's how they're going to do it. They're going to leave their house. They're going to set up sticks. Kind of looks like this. Okay? Look on the screen. It's, uh, so this is what it looks like. So it, it is set up sticks. And that's what they're going to live for a week. I want to know if It rains. Because that doesn't look like it's going to hold water. But modern day, here's what we would do, right? So can you imagine like the week of Thanksgiving this week, maybe somebody will do it, just setting up a tent and just like living outside of your house, perfectly good house there, and living outside of it for seven days in a tent. Adam, you're in. I could see it already. You're like, hey, what do you think, Kristen? She's going to kill you. I want you to know how seriously... The Jews, the religious leaders, the people took God seriously. When he commanded them to do this, to remember where they came from. We're coming up on uh, eight years as a church. Last couple of weeks I've been coming early just to try to make sure setup's going well and different things. and It just brings back great memories of doing that in the beginning with Travis Norton. And just, uh, you know, coming and setting up. You know, church, if you just walked in and got a bulletin set down, like, that's not how church started for most people today, you know? And we want to give you an opportunity to get on the team today. We don't want you just to be like, oh, yeah, I just walk in, I get a bulletin, I'm done. Like, that's just part of church. That's not the whole thing. That's not the whole experience. And so I just want to remind our church, we didn't get here by doing that. We got here by getting here early, setting up, and there's people that do that every week, and I'm so grateful for them. We got here because people stay late, and they put the church back in the box, and they drive it away. We got here because people decided they wanted to serve God, and they wanted to do it together in unity. So let's just remember how we got to where we are in this fabulous auditorium that has plenty of space for us to grow. We can invite our friends anytime. Let's just remember. That's what they're doing with the Feast of Booths. They're remembering that God dwells with them. It's like Thanksgiving. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of food. There's a lot of offerings going on. And um, they're celebrating God's provision for their life. So just, could you just turn to your neighbor and just say one thing good about God right now? What is God doing in your life? What's God provision to you? Go ahead. Just, just turn to your neighbor. Just tell him. Let's celebrate it a little bit. All right, what I want you to do is always remember that God dwells with his people and then give as he has blessed you. Give back to him as he has blessed you. I want you to remember that. As you're able, just give back to him because he's good to us. Okay, back to the main point, which is how to judge correctly. Um, Do not judge by appearances. So let me just break this down to you. Uh, Do not judge by. I'm going to give you three things. Do not judge by. Here's the first one. Popular opinions. <laughs> Public opinion, popular opinion, this president, that president, what they say, that candidate, that candidate, what they say. The TV has really helped us with popular opinion. Facebook's helped us with popular opinion. Everybody's got one. The Jews in the passage, do you see it as, as uh, Molly and Woody uh, read it? Do you see it? The Jews were seeking to kill him. What was their opinion of Jesus? You're going to get killed. You're a bad guy, right? Then you have the local people. You've got to understand there's, there's two different sets of people because this is a feast. You've got the people coming from outside of town. They don't know the Jewish leaders are going to kill them or want to kill them. And you got the people that are in town, and they're afraid of the religious leaders or even talking about Jesus because they're afraid they're going to get persecuted just like Jesus is going to get killed. So the first group is up here in verse uh, 12. Look at it. Verse 12, and there was much muttering among the, among, about him among the people. That's the local people. While some said he's a good man, others said no one, no, he's leading them, uh, the people astray. Yet for fear of the Jews, the religious leaders, no one spoke openly about him. This is the local people and they're, they're like one of two camps. He's a good man. How many want to be in that camp? yeah that's better than the other tournament right like uh he's leading the people astray no now let's just think about it. Is it really better? He's leading the people that's that's actually a good thing, but not astray right He's a good man. is he really good? Is he really a man? He's a perfect God like it's the understatement of the decade. The good opinion of Jesus in this passage with these people is like eh. You know, it's not great. So the popular opinion isn't doing well. And they're muttering, they're grumbling it. I hope you're not good at that. We don't want to do that in our church, mumble or grumble. Three, got the crowd. Look down at verse uh, 20. The crowd answered, You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Now remember, these are the people from outside of town. They're like, what are you talking about? The religious leaders are sitting at your feet marveling about your teaching and you think they're going to kill you? They're just judging it at face value, at, at their opinion, at the appearance. And they're like, you have a demon. You must be outside of your mind. You, these guys are all sitting at your feet. You're saying they're going to kill you? That's ludicrous. What would you do? Which group would you fall into? So that's easy, man. I don't want to kill Jesus. I don't want to mutter about him. I don't want to tell him he has a demon, for sure. He's God, he made the demons. Now, just get a little deeper for a second. You're here. Good job. On the outside, you look great. You look really good today. What's it look like on the inside? Is there anyone in this room that you hate? Anyone that you can't stand? i got to sit on this side because they're sitting on that side. Or, you know, do you have hard feelings towards someone? I mean, just think about it. That's what's going on. What's inside of us matters as much or more than what's outside of us. So we can feel good about the fact that we're here at church today and we look good and we've kept up our appearance, but what does it really look like on the inside? That's what we're talking about. It's the judgments that we're making of the heart all the time. Popular opinions. Let me give you four biblical truths or thoughts on popular opinion. I'm just going to give them to you really quick because um, I've got to move on, but let me just give you four um, biblical thoughts. Here they are, real quick. Do what you can to win it. Popular opinion. Do what you can to win it. Live at peace with all men, it says in Romans 12, verse 18. So do what you can to win popular opinion. That's okay. Don't be a jerk. Two, beware when it's too high. Like, I'm doing what I can to win it, And everybody likes me, right? So you might be like, Steve, it seems like people don't like you. Seems like you have a really hard time. Seems like, you know, there's always friction and suffering in your life. I think that too. Um, (laughs) That might not be a good thing for you if you think that. Just follow me now before you get offended. Like, if you're like the most popular person at work in this world and you're the most popular person on your street in this world, then you might not be speaking the truth of Jesus Christ. Because in the passage, he says, the world hates me. It doesn't hate you, but it hates me. Because I tell it it's evil. So just take that and think about, beware if it's too high. Luke 6.26 is a great verse for that. Beware if popular opinion is too high for you. Here's the last couple. In the end, it's a small thing. Popular opinion is a small thing. What people think of you is a really, really, really small thing. 1 Corinthians 4.3. Write that down. I'm not just saying this stuff. These are biblical truths. 1 Corinthians 4.3. Then the last one. God's opinion is what matters most in the end. 1 Corinthians 4 again, verses 4 and 5. God's opinion is what matters in the end. That's what matters. So, do not judge by popular opinions. Here's a second one. Do not judge by personal feelings. Turn your attention to verse uh, 3 where his brothers are speaking. So his brothers said to him, leave here, trying to get rid of him, go to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one who works in secret, if he seeks to be known openly. Don't you want to be famous, Jesus? If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Oh, that tells you how they really feel, doesn't it? They're like, get out, right? Go away. If you're really who you say you are, then go prove it. Tell us how you really feel. We don't believe you. We don't believe your works. We we think you should show yourself. We think you should leave and go be who you are. Personal feelings. And then this last one, possible problems. So don't judge by popular opinions, don't judge by personal feelings, and don't judge by possible problems. So there's so many possible problems in this passage. His brothers are pointing out, you've lost so many people, back in chapter 6. You have no followers, why don't you gain some more followers? Okay. (laughs) The religious leaders are like, You have no teacher. How did you learn this stuff? You didn't go to rabbi school with us. That's a problem. Self-taught. You're self-righteous and self-promoting. You just do this for your own glory. That's a possible problem. They're accusing him of. You have a demon. That's a possible problem. You broke the law when you healed on the Sabbath. Like all of these possible problems with Jesus, they're just abounding, all these problems. And the Word is telling us so clearly, do not judge by appearances, do not judge by popular opinions, do not judge by personal feelings, and do not judge by possible problems. He must be wrong, he must be evil, look at all this stuff that's going around him, and uh, I just want to wrap this point up with this. We have our own questions and problems with God, do we not? You're like, yeah, I would never do that. (laughs) It's Jesus! Now let's get real for a second. We have our own problems with God. We have our own questions that we have a list that we're going to ask Him when we see Him. Do you really think you're going to get that list off when you see Jesus? I don't think so. You can rip it up now. Why are we so angry with God? He says that in the text. He says, are you angry with me because I'm on the Sabbath? I made a man's body well? Why are you so angry with me? I'm trying to do good. He's just so baffled with their intensity and anger towards him. And uh, so just throw these on the board real quick. The reason why we're so angry with God is we're fickle. We change what we want from God every day. God, I want to be skinny. God, I want to be ripped. God, I want to be. God, I want to be. God, I want this, that, this, this house. Oh, I don't like this house anymore. I want that house. Like we're so fickle, we change our opinion about what we want God for do to us for us every day. (laughs) We're frustrated. We're angry with God. We're frustrated with Him with God's plan for my life, with, with my circumstances. I don't like them. We're faithless. I know when Quinn was born, it required a lot of faith. And I was faithless. And I've recanted of that, and I trust God that having a son with Down syndrome is the very best thing that could have happened to our family. The last thing, to go with our theme of follow me, we follow all the wrong things. (laughs) That's why we're angry at God, because we're going down the wrong path. We're like, God, why aren't you working on this path? I'm trying to get with this guy, and you know, I can't, why doesn't it work? And you're like, maybe you're on the wrong path. That's the negative. Let me give you the positive, okay? Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. Judge with right judgment. Do you have that underlined in your Bible yet? Have I said it enough times? This is the whole message. It's in one verse. You can memorize it. Do not judge by appearances. Okay? But judge with right judgment. That's the whole message. One nail, pound it. Here's what you need to know. Don't judge by what you see, judge by what God says. Well, if God would tell me if I was supposed to date that guy or not, I would do it. Wait and listen. Read the word. Lean in. The source of right judgment is God. I want you to know that. The source of right judgment is God. I hope you agree with that. If you don't agree with that, we're fundamentally opposed. The source of all right judgment is God. Obedience to God's known will develops discernment between falsehood and truth. Obedience to what you do know about God and what he has clearly said helps you discern right and wrong on the things he hasn't clearly spoken to yet in your life. Keep practicing the things you know And the things you don't know yet will become really clear soon or eventually. Judge with right judgment. Here's the first thing that we need to do. Church, we really, really need to do this. We need to look for God's timing. Look for the timing of God. Do you see in verses 1 through uh, 9 that? Jesus kept saying, I wish I had more time to preach this. Jesus kept saying, it's not about my time. It's not about my time. It's not about my time. It's about the Father's time. It's about what the Father wants. Let me just flip back to chapter 5, verse 30. I can do nothing on my own, Jesus speaking. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That ought to be the theme verse of the believer. I'm not gonna judge you today. I'm gonna wait till Jesus says what's right and wrong. That's awesome. That is powerful. I can't do that. How do I do that? Do you feel that tension? It's like, that's so easy. I'll just wait till God says it, I'll wait for God's timing. We need to become a much more patient people. I need to be a much more patient patient person. Look for the timing of God. Jesus didn't push his agenda. He followed God's leading and timing. That's awesome. God will show you. God will show me what he wants us to do. God's a faithful God. Don't run ahead of him. The second thing. Live for the truth of God. Live for the truth of God. He says in verse 16, just look at it quickly. My teaching is not mine. What? My teaching is not mine, but His who sent me. What? My teaching is not mine, but His who sent me. I just say whatever the Father says, I just say it. Now, if we had a bunch, if we had a church like that, right? Can we be a church like that? I'm not going to say it unless God says it. I'm not going to think it unless God thinks it. Ah! Can we get there? Church, we need to get there. We need to get there. And it's a tough process, but we can, let's, let's strive for that. Or let's rest in that, however you look at it. Let's fall into that. Let's live for the truth of God. Do you get up in the morning and you're like, I can't wait to read it? I can't wait to hear his voice again. He's going to speak today. I know it. I'm just going to wait until he says something. I'm going to do it today. See, not enough of those days in my life. More like, I have so many things to do. It's launch Sunday. It's opportunity Sunday. We got a short staff. What are we going to do? Like, we got to do all of it now. And you walk away from the one person that can tell you exactly how you're going to be successful today. Live for the truth of God. The last one. Listen for the will of God. Listen. A lot of times he'll interrupt your thought and he'll include his own. Listen for the will of God. Verse 17. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. So you should be able to tell if you're doing God's will whether Jesus is speaking on his own authority or whether he's doing what the Father's will is. Wow. Listen. Pay attention. Wait for it. The will of God. Well, here's the will of God for your life. I can just tell you right now. Do not judge by appearances. But judge with right judgment. That's the will of God. It's His word. It's what He said. It's what He was telling them in that day. It's what He's telling us in this day. It stands the test of time. It is the eternal truth. And we must, as God's people, apply it to our lives. So, let me ask you this in closing. Where have you boxed Jesus in? In my opinion, Jesus, in my opinion, I should, for God, in my opinion, where have you boxed Jesus in? Can you bring something to mind? Where am I trapped in my own opinion? Maybe the way I think about me is wrong. Maybe God thinks he's much more fond of me than I think of myself. I know that for sure. Did you know that? God loves you more than you think he loves you. God loves you more than you love yourself. Is that possible? It is. Maybe you're really strong, opinionated, like I am about everything. Maybe. Maybe it's time to like stop and let somebody else have an opinion. Where am I trapped in my own opinion? Of all the voices in my life, which one is the loudest? I hope it's not my voice. Because remember, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. So my question is, are you following Jesus' lead on how to judge correctly? And I believe that in our church and in my life, the answer to that question is I need to repent of my opinions. I need to return to the Lord today. Can we do that? Can we commit to that as a church? Do not judge by appearances, church. Judge with right judgment. Let's rip the cover off the Bible. Let's get deep in his word. Let's know God's will. Listen to it. And let's judge correctly. And if we can't judge correctly, let's not judge each other at all. Because Christ is the judge. Let's pray. Father God, you are good. Your Son, Jesus Christ, is good, but more than good, perfect. Your Holy Spirit is good and powerful. God, would you forgive us, me in particular, for the way we judge by appearances? We repent of our own opinions and we return to you, Lord, because you're the God over it all. When we can't see it, we need to wait for you to show it. Help us to live for you. Help us to look to you. Help us to listen to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We beg you. Amen.